It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. I'm anxious about this segment. I have three stories I need to cram into one segment. So bear with me. We're going to move through this stuff pretty quickly. Last night, uh, there was a time in between one of the amendments being debated, those amendments introduced by the Democrats managing uh, the prosecution against the president on the floor of the United States Senate. Uh, Between one of those uh, debates and one of those votes, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts had observed that there was some tones uh, being elevated and used uh, by both parties by both teams there those prosecuting the president and also uh, by those defending the president he had uh, some comments in response to that observation let me play those for you now and i'm going to tell you they have led me down a rabbit hole that has been absolutely fascinating so we'll hear first from chief justice john roberts and then i'm going to tell you about the two uh, fascinating stories i learned after uh, googling the definition of a word listen up i think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish Uh, both the House managers and the President's counsel in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body. One reason it has earned that title is because its members avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. Um, In the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging and the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that highest standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. Did you hear that word? Uh, Pettifogging. He made reference to that word when it was used in a 1905 case against federal judge uh, Swain, Charles Swain. That was the first rabbit hole done, which I, I found myself going last night. So let me tell you about uh, this story. It's absolutely fascinating. So it's 1905, and there is a, a federal judge. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 1904 is when uh, the, the impeachment took place. This Charles Swain... He was a district judge in the United States uh, District Court for the Northern District of Florida. Uh, And he actually prevailed uh, over this impeachment effort. But let me tell you uh, what he was charged with having done. Uh, Swain, he was impeached by the House uh, in December of 1904. He was accused of filing false travel vouchers, improper use of private railroad cars, unlawfully imprisoning two attorneys for contempt, and uh, this one's pretty straightforward, living outside of his district. Uh, that trial lasted about two and a half months before it ended uh, in February of 1905. And then afterwards, the Senate voted to acquit uh, each, uh, well, acquit Judge Swain on each of the 12 uh, articles of impeachment which had been filed against him. Uh, so let me, let's go back now to that word that Chief Justice uh, Roberts taught us, uh, petty fogger. Merriam-Webster defines it as worrying too much about details that are minor or not 
important. Uh, uh, producer Amy, big fan of Google, points out that uh, Google searches for the word uh, pettifogging immediately spiked. Imagine that. So, listen, rabbit holes. I love them. I also like historical documents. So, after reading or hearing, rather, from Chief Justice Roberts, I went to the archives and I found the transcript from that Swain impeachment proceeding where this word uh, is is used. And let me read to you uh, from... Let me read to you just a quick bit of this, and then we're going to, and I told you time is tight. I have this story to tell you, and then I have another story about another Florida federal judge who is impeached. Uh, It's absolutely fascinating. So here uh, we're in 1905. These are the proceedings of the impeachment trial in the Senate against this Judge Swain. And uh, in it, we hear the word pettifogging used as referenced by Chief Justice John Roberts on the floor of the United States Senate last night. Mr. Thurston is speaking here uh, and says, Mr. President, standing here as objecting to this offer, I repeat what I said a few days since about this attempt to present to this court the statements made by Judge Swain while he was a witness before a committee of the House of Representatives. They offered to prove that he said before that committee is all that. Under any rule of practice that has ever prevailed in any court can be made, it has never been held that in offering to prove what a witness has said someone else, a statement could be made in the offer of what he had said somewhere else. That's pretty crystal clear. Before that would, by indirection and by pettifogging. Mr. President, present to the court, the judge or the jury, the statement or what the evidence should show when it was really admitted, if at all, and evidentially in the expectation. All right, so you heard all that, uh, and it was this Mr. Thurston uh, who made the use of this word referenced by Justice Roberts last night. In response to that, uh, one of the defense said, uh, Mr. President, I object to the word pettifogging being used in this court. The presiding officer responded thusly, the presiding officer thinks that the word ought not to be used. And then Mr. Thurston, who uh, was the manager uh, who had used the word, said, I apologize for the use of that word. I was not using it with reference to this offer. I was saying that it was a common custom in some courts to attempt to show by a statement of this, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I'm just a big fan of history, so I wanted you to hear exactly what the Chief Justice was referring to last night as he introduced us to this new uh, or rather old-timey word of, of pettifogger. Now, that was all a preface to this next story, which absolutely blows my mind. We, I told you just now that uh, it was federal judge Charles Swain, uh, a judge in the district court down in Florida, who was uh, impeached and then during his Senate trial uh, was later acquitted. And that's where we come to know this word that Justice, Justice Roberts taught us. Well, he is not the only Florida judge to have been uh, impeached. Uh, let me, I've got uh, my iPad. I need to type in my password again. Um, da, 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 where, here we go. And da, da, da. All right, here we go. So, uh, Alcee Hastings, you know that name? Alcee Hastings is currently a member of the United States Congress. He represents a portion of Florida. He, in the 80s, happened to be a federal judge down there in the state of Florida. Same state uh, where Charles Swain was a federal judge in the early 1900s. Alcee Hastings was charged with accepting a $150,000 bribe in exchange for a more lenient sentence and uh, a return uh, of some seized assets. 
Uh, and that was uh, some charges of racketeering as well for uh, two folks with mob connections. This is in the early 80s down there in Florida. Well, uh, some time passed. And the House of Representatives uh, decided to take a look at what uh, this federal judge was up to down in Florida. In 1988, the House of Representatives took up the case and impeached Alcee Hastings for bribery and perjury uh, by a vote of, get this, 413 to 3. 413 members of the House of Representatives uh, decided in the early 80s, or I'm sorry, the late 80s, 1988 specifically, to impeach Alcee Hastings, a federal judge down there in Florida. Then that, of course, triggers uh, a trial in the Senate. And on relatively short order, uh, the Senate uh, decided uh, after some after a trial, of course, uh, to vote on 11 of those 17 articles of impeachment, convicting Hastings of eight of them and uh, removed him from office. Now, uh, I learned very recently that when the Senate does remove someone someone from federal office, that triggers a, uh, a second vote, which is whether or not they re- they preclude that individual from ever holding federal office in the future. In this case of Alcee Hastings, he was not uh, precluded from holding future office, but he was, he, this is incredible, he was removed from, he was impeached and the Senate removed him from federal office. Uh, that was in 1989. Now, guess what happens in 1993? Alcee Hastings says to himself, you know, uh, I may want to run for Congress. And so Alcee Hastings, again, was impeached by the House. Alcee Hastings was convicted by the Senate, removed from office, removed from federal office, disqualified from continuing his service as a federal judge. He runs for Congress and gets elected. And this is no joke. He continues in Congress today. Since 1993, uh, this man who was a, a, a an impeached and convicted federal judge, removed from office by the Senate, uh, convicted of those uh, articles, eight of them, uh, by the Senate, removed from office, ran for Congress and continues uh, to sit there as a, a member of Congress today. Now, it's interesting to think. Uh, this individual impeached themselves just last month, voted to impeach the president. Uh, and then there have been uh, in the interim, uh, he had the opportunity to to uh, vote for or against the impeachment of uh, President Clinton. I believe he voted against uh, those articles of impeachment. Uh, but fascinating, just absolutely fascinating. Uh, you may not think it's as cool or interesting as I, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, the this impeachment, uh, these proceedings, which are carrying out or being played out right now on the floor of uh, the United States uh, Senate, uh, including uh, comments uh, being delivered right now uh, by, oh, surprise, surprise, Adam Schiff, still not a fan of the president. Uh, He's there speaking on the floor of the United States Senate. It's given us an opportunity to, uh, in the quieter moments, uh, do some digging, uh, go down some rabbit holes. And uh, I thought it was interesting, these two rabbit holes uh, uh, I found myself in. Uh, early this morning. Uh, listen, uh, let's shift gears uh, for a second here. In our next segment, we're going to be speaking to former uh, Utah Representative Fred Cox, who is behind a referendum effort. They uh, they turned in all their packets last night, and we'll see how they did. Uh, and if I'm honest, I'm going to offer an apology to the former representative. I'll tell you why next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, 
a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.